It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Blue, White and Yellow podcast from Leeds United Live. Giving you the in-depth analysis on all the big talking points from Ellen Road. Good evening, folk. Is it evening yet? Yeah, five Let's do this. Yeah. I'm saying afternoon still. Evening starts at six for me. I don't, I, the afternoon deserves its moment. Yeah, but it's dark. It's, it's dark. Have gone back. Yeah, but it's the evening. It doesn't change the time of day. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, very dark afternoon, as Joe says. Twelling Road, uh, cold and windy. So apologies for any sound issues. Um, we're actually going to make this into a podcast. So for those of you that are listening in audio format only, I do apologise if you can hear that motorbike in the background and the general whistling past the past the microphone on this tiny iPhone. But yeah, so look out for uh, the blue, white, and yellow. Anybody that already listens will know where to find it. It's Leeds Live's Leeds United podcast, and we're we're going to start stripping the audio from these these Facebook broadcasts so that some of you can listen either later tonight or even on your um, commute tomorrow morning perhaps um, just to give you more of an opportunity to listen to our dulcet tones and our uh, outstanding analysis um, and hot takes. So uh, Leeds United won, Leicester City won and um, I think we're probably all in agreement that they probably should have won that game and deserved to win it. Um, If it wasn't the best performance of the season it was very 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 close. Um, Feeling a lot more enthused and a lot more optimistic about things. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I agree. I'd say it's probably the the first game this season where we've, we've had for the full ninety minutes anyway. That's true. A real glimpse yeah, of that's true. A real glimpse of Leeds of last season. You know, winning the ball high up the pitch. That was something Bielsa made reference to in his his post-match press conference just then. Um, you know, just the, the the overlapping fullbacks, the underlapping fullbacks. The you know, it, it was just the intensity was there, and you could see Leicester was struggling with it, and that was you know it was part and parcel of last season. This year, it seems as though other teams had maybe not been subjected to that, but yeah, today it was it was good, it was vibrant, it was it was fast, frenetic, it was yeah, it was entertaining, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, really, really happy with how they played today, and I think the the agony of um, seeing the celebrations for the second Leicester goal were um, pretty hard to take, to be honest. Like it, you sort of. You're trying to sort of redraw the narrative in your head as to what this means and and how this is just going to be the season where they they can play as well as they want but just never quite get the desserts they deserve. Um, but thankfully, um, VAR ruled it out. Brendan Rodgers did say that he's seen a different angle with the ball actually on Vardy's head, where Lookman is is onside. Uh, we've not seen that. I think we've we've seen the angle that everybody's seen with the line on the pitch and Lookman is is a fraction off, but offside is offside and we'll we'll take it. And, that seemed to sort of give Leeds um, a fresh round of impetus. We, we spoke about it dur- during the, the match as it happened, but some of you might recall you know, Leeds were pretty much on top for that, that whole second half, and then Phillips got pulled up for a foul on uh, was it Didi? Sort of was a bit was a bit late with a yeah. a ropey leg. He didn't get a card or anything for it, but it basically just kind of took the st- Leeds were sort of on it for like five to ten minutes consistently. Leicester couldn't get out. Yeah, they just they just had Leicester right on the ropes and. Um, and no, that, that free kick just seemed to change momentum, and then and then thankfully the, the disallowed goal sort of gave Leeds that impetus again, and they went for it. And, and in the end, it's just ultimately the finishing that's let them down. You know, I think pretty much in all departments today they were fantastic. Um, 
certainly so, so much better than what we've seen this season. I still think last season they played better at times, I mean, namely at the King Power. But by this season's standards, that was so much better. Just, just so encouraging to know that there is still that in the locker there. Um, but as I say, it, it was just the finishing in and around the box. And, you know, today was a really, really good team performance. So the, in the ratings, it was, it was... This season, it's been very, very hard to kind of separate the poor performances. And you kind of have to sort of club people in together with sort of four, fives and sixes. But today, it was so nice to be given out seven, eights and even one, nine. And the only complaint I can have was, was with the finishing and unfortunately Daniel James is just not a striker is he? Yeah it's just it, that's the problem when you, you have Patrick Bamford who plays 38 yeah. games last yeah. season and then knows scores, how to strike a ball. scores 17 goals you can't go out and buy a, a, another striker after he's just done that and, and oust him from the team so then when he gets injured in the second month of the season that's obviously going to affect how, how you then go and finish your chances but yeah Daniel James it's, it's not clicking in front of the goal for him but there were a few occasions where he sort of was running in behind. I thought he caused them problems, yeah. especially in his pressing. You know, there, there are a lot of. I mean, you can you can boil it down to well, he hasn't scored yet, uh, and his finishing today was rubbish. So, oh, failure of a signing? Absolutely not. No, I'm no, not saying that. No, no, I'm not saying you. You're, you're saying that. I'm saying sort of more reactionary takes might be of, of that nature. Yeah. But today, you know, there was a lot sort of off the ball. There was a lot. Um, there was a lot in sort of the build-up that was encouraging, mm. um, but yeah, as you say, the, the finishing was just—it it just doesn't feel as though he struck a ball cleanly yet. No. Um, the one that's going to haunt us and him is, is oh. the Harrison one from a yard. I mean, Forshaw's defence post-match was he's probably seen it late, but I don't care how late you've seen it. You're a yard that when Schmeichel's out of position, you just just got to get something uh, on it. Just, just get, yeah, just sort of lean over it and just bun, sort of walk it, like bundle it in, yeah, yeah, throw yeah. yourself into the net with the goal, with the ball, yeah. and it's a goal. Um, it, it was remarkable. Like the, ball, the ball came across. It was a great whipped delivery from was it Rafinha? The corner. Phillips flick on. Yeah. Phillips flicks it on. Back post. Phillips can't believe either. You can see Phillips <laughs> is like, oh my god, how's he missed it? And and it kind of he kind of thighs it or knees it over the oh. bar. And I can <laughs> I can understand. It's where, harder to miss. Where, it's one yeah. of those. It's harder to miss. I can understand where four shots coming from because it is harder to miss. It's a real, it's a reactionary finish, isn't it? You yeah. sort of you haven't just sort of just to try sort of get get yourself. A, any sort of part of the leg onto it with, with such short notice. He has tried to to bundle it in, as you've just said, but he got, he's connected with the one area of the body, which has made the ball balloon up and then over the crossbar. Oh, so unlucky for him as well, because he's just, yeah. it's just been that season for him so far. I mean, we, we'll get into the, the match as a whole in a moment, but I give Harrison a seven, and there's, there's been a little bit of pushback on, online. Have I been a bit too generous? Because I've been one of his biggest critics yeah, of late. No, I thought he was a lot better. I, I mean, in terms of the the, you know, the final ball the was, a, was a bit better, I thought, yeah, at times. The, the get-up and go was there. Um, I would have personally given him a six, yeah. but I think that was just because I feel like every time I, I watched him, he kind of ran down, down an alleyway and kind of maybe overplayed it a little bit yeah. at times. Um, so yeah, maybe I'm just being, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh, but he was yeah. definitely in that six, six, seven. Yeah, it's range. hard. To, I mean, it's impossible to get everybody to agree on ratings because yeah. it's such a subjective um, bit of content that we do. Um, but yeah, that's definitely more of a six than an eight. If we're if yeah. we're looking at a very, very soft seven, I think I might get carried away a little bit with sort of the euphoria of the performance. <laughs> and I gave you Rente a nine, and I, in hindsight, that's probably a bit generous. I think. I just got carried away with how quiet Vardy was, and I just I kind of put it all down on on Urente, and yeah, I think a nice probably a bit too much given they didn't keep a clean sheet, but and and of course he kind of set the tone at the start of the game with that loose pass. Yeah. And you saw like oh, it was almost a twenty five seconds in, like oh god, it was almost a repeat of the the Robin Cox sort of yeah, short like, oh, back god. pass. And this you do it to Vardy straight away. What are you doing? 
Yeah, but to be fair, Cooper tidied up well. I thought Pascal Strauch tidied up really well today as well. Um, there was a, there was one where T. Lemons, I think it was, got into the box, played it right to Luckman, and Pascal kind of just just ran him off it, didn't he? He, he just Saw coasted it onto it mm -hmm. and then played it back to Melier, and it was like, yeah, that's that's, that's pretty pretty slick. You know, I, I would have been absolutely steaming in there <laughs> into the back of Luckman, gave away a penalty, but no, Pascal showed the composure, and there was more, there was more nice words from Bielsa in his post match. Oh yeah, for oh, strike as well. Oh. If, if, pa if Pascal's star is <laughs> rising, if comparing him to Dutch centre backs of previous generations last week wasn't enough, then you know the fact that he, was, <laughs> he basically went, you were saying for somebody who is uh, one meter ninety and weighs more than eighty five kilos, for him to have the agility, the the balance, the, the management of both feet, uh, and the, the versatility to play across multiple <laughs> positions, it's not normal and you're kind of sitting there listening to Bielsa sort of gently nodding along thinking yeah what he's saying he's got it he's got it spot on there because he played left back today I think you know that's what some people might have not seen the game um, Pascal Strike played left back which is something we've seen very briefly for the 23s but not in a, yeah, not a first team game but he, he played it a bit I think um, in the seasons before before you came on to the 23s he played it a few times but not not yeah. like for like half a season or anything it was very much if Tom Pierce before he left, if he wasn't playing, yeah. or if um, God, I've lost track of all the left backs now, but Leaf Davis, Leaf Davis, yeah, yeah. So people like that were knocking around. Then Pascal would come across, and at that level, you're not going to get punished as much, and um, you can get by basically. But in, in the Premier League, where you come up against Adam Ola Luckman, um, who we know on his day can be a, you know, a terrorising winger, and you've, and I mean, Bielsa has kind of summed it up himself, really, with, with talking about his his vital statistics, you know, with his height and his weight. He is not the modern day explosive, diminutive left back that you would see in pretty much eight eight out of every ten elite sides in, in football. He's just he's just not a left back in at least in sight. But but the performer he was he was the worry pre match, thinking, well, how are they going to get around this? And some of us were even thinking, oh, is he going to play Harrison at left back and kind of put Stroik in the middle? I mean, surely. It's not going to be Stroik, but it was, and and he was fine. You know, I'm not saying Lookman had the best performance of his life, but but Stroik played what was in front of him and did very very well with it. And as Joe's alluded to there, I mean, by all means, Joe's got the transcript out there already, so you can go and find Bielsa's every word from the from the press conference. And really worth looking at. We'll talk about Forshaw in a minute. I'm sure a lot of you are screaming at the phones why you're talking about Forshaw. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. But. The words of Schroik are just, are just wonderful, and you know, we've got, it's not unprompted. You know, he's been asked directly about Pascal last week and this week, and, and he's given very full and frank answers. And he ultimately described him as like, almost like the complete player today, which, which is just huge praise from somebody of, of Bielsa's standing and, and um, knowledge. You know, he's worked with so many players in world football, and for him to, to say the things he's saying about Pascal, it. It's very, very exciting. It's, defenders don't always get a very sort of exciting pressure. You know, it's all about Rafinha, isn't it? It's all about Joe Gelhart. But Pascal is the future, and the longer he stays under the radar, the better because he's got the lot, to be honest. And, and at some point, there will be a changing of the guard, and, and he's going to become a supreme centre back. But as Bielsa said today, it's no mean feat to be a very competent defensive midfielder, either on your own or in a double pivot, a left back, a centre mid, you know, an advanced centre mid, which we saw a few weeks ago. That all kind of comes together and makes him a better centre-back because he has that agility, he has that touch, he has both feet, as Joe said. He's got the aerial ability, which is almost a prerequisite, which you kind of see with somebody a bit of his, of his size. So, yeah, immense, immense um, praise and you know, fully justified. He was brilliant today. Um, Essentially, he was playing the role that Esjan Alioski did last season today. And yeah. I think if you had two players 
if you put them side by side physically, I don't think you, <laughs> they can't get too more, more different. Two more polarized players. So <laughs> that, sh that shows sort of the the, yeah, the durability and the versatility that Very Pascal true. showed. So. Um, so yeah, Diego kind of set the tone as you said, and, and, and Pascal mopped up as he did. Cooper had a few moments. Dallas was better without being exceptional by his high standards. Um, and ultimately, they just started like a house on fire. It was brilliant. You know, Ellen Road crowd was was fantastic throughout. I thought Rogers' comments post match were lovely. You know, he was almost giggling at times. You know, he's obviously a bit of a traditionalist, Rogers, and he couldn't keep the smile off his face. You know, he, he completely admired that the home fans today and said it felt like an old school British game and. He was on the, He was almost giggling as he said it because of how excited it made him feel. You know, it was a really special match to watch. You know, not just because Leeds were better, but the actual spectacle. It went again. It was. It was like old Kyle Walker saying it was a very much a basketball game, wasn't it? In the first sort of 10, 15 minutes. And for me, sort of before and after Rafinha, maybe not after Rafinha's goal because I think the, the Barnes equaliser changed things. But up to and including the Rafinha goal, I think ultimately Leeds did edge it. I think Leicester. Yeah, yeah. You were saying that in the first five minutes, the updates that you wrote, it was very end-to-end. -end. I think both yeah. goalkeepers had a few a few saves to make and there was errors and moments of brilliance on both sides. But ultimately, I think Leeds, Leeds sort of had, had the game in their hands, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I thought, um, I, I think, that I was saying to Baron, sort of in the opening five minutes, when, when I'm sort of doing the match blog and stuff, I usually sort of take it in, see what the, the general gist of the game is, you know, the how it's flowing. But there were there were so, so many sort of, half chances and actual mm. opportunities where both goalkeepers were called into action it was kind of one third minute report fourth minute yeah. report fifth minute report and you know that that did set the tone for the game um i mean i'd say leeds more than edged it before rafinha's yeah. goal i think they they, they were on top yeah, it was a question of will they be able to make it pay yeah Obviously absolutely they, they had to get the goal didn't they yeah because i think if if that i mean as innocuous as the barnes goal was you know coming straight from kickoff if if Leicester had scored the first goal, you did wonder what that would have done to that, because 20, 25 minutes. Confidence is fragile at the moment. Exactly, it's yeah. fragile. And and they'd only been playing well for twenty five minutes. They'd only been dominated for twenty minutes or so. So it would have been very easy for them to sort of revert back into maybe a, a more shell like yeah. performance. But they didn't. They 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 went ahead. In, in many ways, the, the the Barnes goal coming immediately after Rafinha's free kick. Um, it, it kind of didn't give. It, it didn't give Leicester the opportunity to. Um, sorry, it didn't give Leeds the opportunity to sort of like rest on their laurels at all because it was like, well, we've also just scored. This this game is is exactly as it was before Rafinha scored. We were dominating then. We can continue to do that. And while yeah. a bit of the, a bit of the sting was taken out of it, yeah, that definitely. was that was I think mainly to do with the referee because you know yeah, referee, of yeah I, I didn't like the referee today to be honest. Darren England always seems to frustrate me in some way. Very unpatriotic of you. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think. It, yeah, it definitely took the sting out of it. I think I think ultimately the, the first half did level out a little bit and Leeds maybe yeah. didn't quite have that, that quality or cutting edge that they were showing um, without sort of jumping too far um, along through the game. Um, Rafinha's goal, much like the goal at Newcastle, yeah. obviously it was, a, it was a dead ball this time, but my point is all the way through. All the way through, yeah. Uh, all you can do is get it on target and hope. Exactly, yeah. I think, I think it was Calvin and Rodrigo were quite close Rodrigo to Rodrigo again, yeah. Um, neither, neither did get a touch on it, which... Obviously, meant there was no offside. In Fantasy football points, people yeah. get in there. We'll have that. We'll have a bit of that. Um, and again, it was, it was a really good delivery. You've got to put it in those areas. You know, you, I mean, I think for, for those of us who watched Newcastle Brighton last night, saw uh, Lewis Dunk going goal, and John Joe Shelby decided to clip the ball oh, to the back post when uh, Roger Sanchez had been sent off. Dunk had to go in in between.
between the sticks. So it was good to see Rafinha put it on, on target because that's what can happen. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was it was exemplary of him to, to, to score the goal because, he, again, he was... I think he was assisted by his teammates and that they were playing closer to yeah, his level. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I thought. They were playing... the, the gap was much closer today. Yeah, yeah, but he was, again, at that standard where... I mean, there was one occasion where... Um, in the middle of the field, it kind of get, gets played up from right back and Rodrigo volleys it first time into oh, Rafinha's yeah. uh, path down the right. Just takes the touch, kills it absolutely stone dead. Chemistry today again was brilliant. Yeah. Those two are yeah. really popping at the moment. Yeah. They it's know like where they're all the time. Born in Brazil and kind of emanating onto the pitch. But um, yeah, there was one, that, that occasion, there was a few other passes where Rafinha would then find Rodrigo's late yeah. run into the box. and. Yeah, I mean, it was it was what Bielsa said in his press conference. He was asked about Rafinha, fifth goal of the season. <laughs> he went, nothing yeah, new. Yeah. You know, it's it's exact same old, same old. Brilliant, from, from again. Rafa, just know? keeps playing brilliantly. That's what we need to see more of. Um, and yeah, the Barnes goal, I mean, it's, it's hard. Yeah, you can say they maybe weren't switched on enough. I think ultimately Samare's got the leap on there and it's a matter of inches. You know, if he's an inch short, he doesn't get the flick on and maybe yeah. Leeds read the ball a bit easier. But he got the flick on. It just sort of took Leeds a bit off balance. I think it was Dallas and maybe Arente in that department. And yeah, it was those two. Basically, Barnes got the yard he needed and, you know, it, it's a it's a wonderful finish. Um, can't really complain with it too much. It was just the perfect timing for them. And yeah, thankfully, the, the worst timing for Leeds. But as we said, thankfully, their heads didn't drop. And, uh, and they did respond and saw out the first half. Um, second half then came out, obviously no changes when they're playing that well. Bielsa rarely doesn't, he doesn't tinker when he, when he knows they're playing that well. And um, Yeah, no goals, but it, it felt like they, they should have been really. I mean, we, we talked about it already, but yeah, Leeds were, were brilliant, weren't they? Uh, for me, it's, I mean, it's probably a small point, but I, I know it's definitely something which Bielsa has made reference to previously this season. It was the recovering the ball high up the pitch between, I think, around the 55th and the 65th minute. There were oh, the crowd were amazing. Like, I mean, the crowd absolutely noise so loud. They were just spurring. They were like firing the players into into these tackles, and Leicester couldn't get the ball out. They didn't have an out ball because Vardy was marked, and the I, I, I mean, Pascal was glued to, to the back of, of Adamola Lookman whenever it came forward. Um, so they, Leicester didn't have an out ball, and that constantly meant that Forshaw and Phillips were just picking up the pieces in the middle and recycling possession, playing it to Rodrigo, who was always in front of the Leicester defence in mm. space, uh, and constantly sort of recycling it out to the wide players. Um, and in that 10-minute period, they just kept Leicester penned in. Relentless. It was so good to see. I mean, the, yeah. the, the crowd and players really were mirroring each other. And you know, unless you're on the pitch, it's hard to sort of understand how plugged in the players are to the crowd because obviously they're concentrating you know, on, on a very, very intense atmosphere sort of experience on the pitch where they have to be alert to everything and I'm sure it sort of seeps in somehow but it was just, it just absolutely relentless and a lot of credit to the South Stand who whenever the songs sort of did maybe sort of die for it, but they would sort of pump in a bit more volume and it just kept it going and the scarves were out, they were singing Wacko and it was, it was just a brilliant atmosphere and Bielsa didn't talk about it but I'm sure he was quite moved by it and Rogers, as I've already said, was was full of praise, and it just didn't come, Joe. It just it just didn't come, unfortunately. But whereas in some games we would criticise them for that, I just think there there wasn't a lot more they could have done. You know, the no. chances were there, the positions were there. As I said, James's finishing wasn't there, but he was in the right positions. He was picking the ball up at times and in the right areas where he needed to kind of affect the game, and he just didn't quite have that final product. But I don't think this would come as a surprise to anyone. But I think if Patrick Bamford's on that pitch, then Leeds win that game today. 
um, I think just the presence that he has, you know, the runs that he makes and where he takes and drags central defenders out of position. Yeah, yeah, true. I think would have made space for Rodrigo, wouldn't it? Yeah, would have made space for, for any amount of players. Uh, and just the opportunities where Leeds, where, where Leicester were sort of camped in their own box and Leeds are kind of passing it sideways, trying to find that, that crucial ball. If it falls to his feet, you think he's probably got a much better chance of finding the back of the net than Dad James or, or, or Rafinha uh, or, or, or Rodrigo. And whenever Rafinha had the opportunity, you know he was swarmed immediately. So it yeah. feels like we managed to get to this point without talking about the one player that we probably should have talked about, uh, Adam Forshaw. Keeping you interested. Yeah, just just brilliant, really. I'm not, I'm not going to go too overboard and sort of say it's like you know a Ballon d'Or performance. It wasn't that kind of performance. It was just it, it was the context of what he's been through and where he's come from. And, you know, it wasn't his first appearance this season. He has been on the pitch. He has started. Um, he started in the cup, didn't he? Arsenal. Yeah. So that that wasn't. It, it was the fact it was the Prem and the fact that that he just played so well. You know, he, he played well against Crew, but the Crew in League One and it was a cup game. Um, and there wasn't anywhere near the pressure. That was a bear pit out there today against. We were, you know, we were sort of privately chatting to each other about uh, the, the, the toolbox. Did you call it Leicester's midfield toolbox? Yeah. He's probably that's going to be in all of his copy across the next <laughs> few days, isn't it? Sumare, uh, Tielemans, and Ndidi, who, to be fair, pretty anonymous. Uh, at least for me, you know, Tielemans didn't have any of the influence in the game I thought he would. I thought he'd be spraying passes here and there everywhere, but he didn't run the game at all. Sumari did pop up in the right areas and, and showed a good engine and, and broke the press a few times. And indeed, he was just too busy trying to deal with Rodrigo. Um, so that that it, it was not an easy game for Forshaw to come into. And pre-match, it says a lot about where he is in Bielsa's thinking because he left Klitsch out. You know, we haven't talked about the team selection or the team news, but you know. It, Bielsa looks at his squad this week and thinks, OK, I need a centre mid. We're going to go to this system. I need a centre mid. Who's available? OK, yeah, Klitsch is fit. He's available. He's, he had a bit of a you know, rest at Norwich. He's been reliable for me for, for three and a bit years. No, I'm going to pick the guy that's been out for, for more than two years and hasn't started in the Prem for four years. And just what a way to, to respond to that, that show of faith. Um, fantastic performance. And, and you know, Joe, Joe put a good label on it. It was the way he controlled the tempo. He just... He's such a calming presence, and you're, yeah. you're coming fresh to Forshaw, really, because you obviously didn't see him in the, in the championship. And he just—he has the ability to look up and just slow it down because yeah. it is a basketball game, and it's so frenetic. And he's the one that just takes the sting out, picks up the right positions. Obviously, has the passing ability, which we're well aware of. But just—he's—he's he's a player that looks like he coasts through games because yeah. he just—he reads the game so well. He, he calmed it down today in in periods where it was getting very end to end. Yeah, he got his foot on the ball. Yeah, he knew it was safe in his care, and apart from one sort of a little bit haywire bit at the end before he was substituted off. <laughs> he was getting tired, wasn't he? The yeah. cramp was there. Yeah. Um, apart from one that that incident, every time he was on the ball, you knew that he'd find the pass. You knew that mm. it was it was going to be simple. But he'd he'd sidestep a challenge. Or, Did it help Phillips as well? Definitely having somebody yeah. else in there that can just take the strain off him. T- t- you know, Forshaw was tidying up as well. Yeah. You know, he, he he doesn't have that ability to sort of drive forward that the rest of the team does. No, but he's not that's, a kind of player. That you know, that's that's good because it shows that you know you've got different characters yeah. in that team. Definitely. Different skill sets, and it, it is something which has been missing. Um, I think uh, you know. W- w- whether he goes on to play an, an integral role this season remains to be seen because the biggest question mark is whether he can remain fit. You know, we know that he's yeah. had setbacks and he's had. They also said it's, it's the succession of games, isn't it? Yeah, succession of games, and, and, and he did. He paid. You know, particular mention to, 
defensive four showing his, in his post-match. Again, not unprompted, but when he was asked about him, he, he was saying, you know, full credit, you know, to the people, to the people that love him. Yeah. You know, that'll be such a, you know, the admiration they'll Massive. feel. Imagine how hard that's been for his family, like for his wife to, to have seen how low he would have been, you know, over over the last two years. We can't imagine. I mean, be able to try to elaborate there and sort of say that, you know, I know I sound like I'm going overboard, but you lot have got to understand that some of you probably don't understand exactly how bad it has been. And we, we're obviously aware of the original hip injury, but we've only ever heard sort of coughs and splutters and sort of whispers here and there of little knockbacks and how hard it's been and ultimately why it has been two years. And you know, he has to go, he's been going into Thorpe Arch you know, every day when he hasn't been recovering from surgery. And you know, he has to come home every day and all those little setbacks, you know, he comes home and his wife who, who loves him has to see him go through that. And that's so hard and they must have to plays such an important role in just in his mental health and keeping his chin up and making him believe that he can come back and Bielsa for the first time said today he, he had serious doubts he wasn't going to make it and yeah. Bielsa was never going to say that whilst it was in the balance and whilst Forshaw wasn't back and but as soon as he's seen that today and seen what he's capable of you know, he, what, Bielsa was blown away by that and did not, did not see that happening of course he had faith because he picked him you know, he put him in the firing line but I think maybe you know, two or three months ago when it was still up in the air that he, he probably still had doubts that he was ever going to get to that so fair play to him and, and obviously yeah. let's just, I think we're just pleased for him and, and as I say I'm not saying it was a Ballon d'Or winning performance but it's just the context of it and, and like Joe says even if he doesn't now go on and play 30 odd games but it's just the fact he's done it yeah. and we feel now that he is an option and also looking at the wider point you know obviously his contract's up at the end of the season yeah. even if his future isn't at least yes United, absolutely over the next six months or so he feels like he's got a career still exactly yeah because you know he's getting to that point where he's 29-30 and a player who's been out for two years and then couldn't come back. We're not just talking about coming back to a, to a Premier League team. Coming back to the Premier League team that runs the hardest, mm. runs the fastest. Yeah. You know, has the you know is constantly playing at the, the, the physical peak. And he's come back and he's he's mixed it. He's mixed in with it. So that, that's that's a that's a huge signal to to other clubs. Even if you know his contract isn't renewed. That's and a really good point. I think it's. I mean, he was jogging around the pitch at the end as, as he was applauding the fans, you know. He, was, he must have just been running on adrenaline. Yeah, he must, he must, be, he must be buzzing tonight. So yeah. happy for him. Yeah, really pleased for, for four sure, yeah. Um, housekeeping, Gelhar, if you haven't seen, had a knock. So Joe failed to tell us all uh, when he went to the match <laughs> on Tuesday that Joe Gelhar had a knock. He should have seen that coming, shouldn't he? Um, so he was here today, Gelhar, which is why there was a bit of confusion. So obviously not serious enough to kind of, you know, He's not he's not laid up in bed or anything. And uh, Bielsa did say that you know it wasn't it's not a serious problem, but he just wasn't 100. percent And yeah, we're never going to take risks with Joe Galhart, are we? Um, he hasn't said this as such, but I, I don't know if I can't work out if Firpo hurt himself in that Friday night game here because he came off at half an hour and obviously yeah. didn't then go to Norwich. I think we all just assumed that it was because it was too close to Norwich, but then obviously missed today. And the, the inference is that there's yeah. either a new problem or he. Or he he had a, maybe a setback in that Friday game. I mean, he, he was on managed minutes against uh, Arsenal in the 23s game at Ellen Road. That and was pre-planned, clearly. Yes, half it was an hour. half an hour was pre-planned because he literally sprinted from the other side of the pitch. Okay, yeah, so he wasn't hurt and then. then. Went, and then went straight down the tunnel. Yes, he wasn't hurt. And it was like, oh, nice of Junior to not stick around and watch the 23s for the remaining <laughs> yeah, hour. Yeah, let's get back And home. we kind of had a little bit of a laugh and a joke, but, you know, since then, <coughs> since then hasn't been in the, in the squad. So, um, yeah, I mean... He, but Bielsa said that he and Shackleton, and Shackleton yeah. were sort of in the final stages of yeah. recovering from injury. They're, they're not serious injuries; they're, yeah. they, were, they were relatively minor. So the thing is now, folks, we've got two weeks as well, yeah. and I think you know Bielsa's not said it, but I think we can all maybe quietly hope that this is the time now where Bamford really can be in the squad for Spurs. Um, 
it's not Bielsa's style to put him straight in, but you know, with the way that it's been around the box today, I mean, it, as well as they played today, it's still a draw, and I'm sure the critics and, and the, the pessimists among you will look at it and say, well, yeah, I mean, I don't care they played well, they, they dropped points again, and we need points on the board, so I'm sure some of you will be looking at it thinking that that needs to change, and yeah, I think it does, but I think we have to take it in the context of the season, and that's a much, much better performance. In Leicester, which we haven't really reflected on at all here, they're a really good football team. <laughs> they weren't horrendous today, they certainly weren't their best, but at the end of the season, that's going to be a good point. Um, Wolves, Everton and Leicester now at home. Good points, yeah. All, all you know, avoided defeat. Away, Newcastle and Burnley avoided defeat. You know, you, you want to... You want to win as many of your home games as possible and you want to you know, avoid defeating as many of your aways. I think their five games which were in the balance and on another day might have gone might have gone differently. So yeah, I think full credit has to go to, to the game management as well. Let's do a few comments if we can. Mary Farnell, Adam Forshaw gave us a midfield which has been missing for months. He was superb today. Great atmosphere, yeah, very well summed up. Yeah. Uh, Glyn Smith, uh, Stefan Haig or Haj. The, the umlaut on the A is... Uh, my pronunciation. I'm sorry, Stefan. Scandinavian fans, though, always, uh, always present on this, uh, on yeah. this stream. Yeah. Um, Mahedi Hassan Sobuj returns. Is watching. If, is returns your surname? Um, Janet Miss. The names on it. Janet <laughs> Mrs H Dayton is watching. At least you're getting shout outs out on me. I must be the mug. Uh, Michael P Hutchinson is watching. Sounds like a film director. Yeah, Robert Tuffley is watching. Well, let's get some comments. I'm just telling people that are watching here. Um, Facebook's not playing ball and my thumb's going to sleep. It's just lots of people who are watching. So clearly watching. We've, we've captivated them, Baron. That's <laughs> stunned we've, silence. Uh, yeah, we've, we've, we've clearly captivated them into with, with our post-match analysis. I'm not even joking. I'm struggling to find comments here. Yeah. Michael McGuerkeen. Here we go. Is he slagging us off? <laughs> Why are you not talking about... Um, the real problem Cooper has the defence lacking confidence right Cooper he wasn't horrendous today I mean I, I don't think he was quite as good as Urente but I mean I know there was that massive error and lapse in concentration um, in the second half when he completely sort of just took his eyes off the pass from Urente didn't he but I don't think it was a horrendous performance I think one of the things that is, is difficult to assess about Cooper is that a lot of the things he's good at are intangible or in quant not or industrious. You can't, you can't you can't quantify them. Like he is he's very he's a very good organizer. You know he's a very good leader. He keeps that backline Duke going well. You know you do notice it when he's not there because you know more often than not that the team aren't as solid. Um, you can't you can't underestimate. They've kept Jamie Vardy quiet. Yeah. I mean I said this to Bielsa. Bielsa did say that Vardy doesn't touch the ball very very often, which yeah. I accept. But he is a threat, and the threat just never came. And I, and I suppose that, again, is probably credit to the midfield and that they didn't allow the supply to Vardy. But I still think you're saying Cooper deserves some credit for keeping you know, one of the league's best strikers of the past decade. He doesn't need... Absolutely non-existent. Yeah, he doesn't need loads of chances. He, all he needs is for the centre-half to switch off for one second, and he's in behind you. So, to sh again, what, what I was saying, you know, you can't, sit, you can't look at a sort of statistical report after a game, you know, you see, oh, someone's had this many shots or mm. created this many chances. You know, you can't say Cooper kept focused for 87, 87 of the 90 minutes or something. It's just not, it's just not something you can quantify. Yeah. Uh, but he did. Um, Vardy didn't get a sniff. And the interceptions were there. I mean, you said a few times, Lorenzo yeah. was just one step ahead. Yeah. Um, just managed to get his foot in, read the, read the danger well. And, uh, and snuffed out before it even came to Vardy. Um, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, as I said at the start, if you missed that, um, 
the Blue, White and Yellow podcast, uh, Leeds Lives, Leeds United podcast with, with myself and Joe and, and normally Conor McGilligan. Uh, we're going to have another episode on there tonight, so if you have missed this video, you can either watch it back. If you don't want to see our faces anymore, then you can go and find the podcast, um, even more so tomorrow morning if you are on the commute and, and looking for some Leeds United content to digest. You can go and find that, and I think the wind is held off and the sound quality shouldn't be too bad on this. Famous last words. I come off this and nobody's listened to anything we've said. Mm. Um, but we'll leave it there. Thank you for joining. Uh, as I said, leads-live.co.uk for, for all our normal post-match staples. And um, we'll be back again soon. It's international break now. Two weeks until Antonio Conte spurs. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, he's going to have two weeks on the training pitch with them as well, isn't he? So. But my point with that is that with, without his best players. Well, yeah, valid, yeah. But then again, I mean, Rodrigo, Llorente, uh, you know, there's, there's a... Calvin, there's a few few of the Leeds players who are away on international duty. We're so. not interested in that. We're here yeah, for no. the Leeds now. And they're all going to come back fit as well, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, was a late call today if you missed that. So he's going away with Rodrigo. So Leeds players are very much back in vogue uh, on the international scene. Thanks for joining, folks. We'll see you soon.